having this predictability, having this library established makes it so much easier for you to focus on problem solving rather than, you know, building visuals over and over again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Honest UX Talks. I'm Joanna, your host for today, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Anfisa. Uh, today, we're going to discuss a really exciting topic, that of design systems. And uh, as you all probably know, design systems have been all the rage for the past couple of years. And uh, it felt like it's this buzzword that everyone keeps throwing around. And uh, now I need to have a design system, even as a, even for my personal brand. And so uh, we're here to clarify what design systems are, why they are important, when they're needed, and many other things around them. But before we move on into that, I'd like to respect our weekly ritual and invite Anfisa to share with us how her week went. <laughs> well, thank you so much for inviting me and welcome everybody to the next episode. Um, let's quickly really do a quick recap. We actually just had like a brief conversation on our past weeks. It was pretty strange. We, we shared... Uh, with each other that we kind of have some symptoms of COVID, but it was not COVID because we got negative tests. So God knows what's going on right now in the world and why we have all those strange feelings and symptoms and headaches and fevers and whatever else, um, weaknesses and stuff. But luckily, um, reportedly, we both feel better right now. <laughs> and uh, that is a good, good news. Um, other than that, there are um, small nice updates. For example, I finally finalizing the design system, uh, which is basically a topic of today, uh, the design system for my social media. So I hope I will quickly um, sort of cover how I went through the process. Maybe it will be useful for our listeners. And um, yeah, right now I'm on this finalizing sort of period uh, where I try to sort of conclude a design system for my social media because it was taking the break for two months from Instagram, from any almost any other social media network. Um, and it was literally just because I felt like my system right now is the mess. I don't know, <laughs> like I had to spend way, way too much time, <clears throat> but the effort is high and the impact is very low. So I'm like wasting too much time, but I don't like the return on, on my effort investment. And I needed to optimize and streamline all the efforts that I'm doing to build the posts and content and design system was just an answer, the perfect answer. Well, first of all, the answer was to <clears throat> create a new branding. Then it was to find a helper assistant who will help me to um, <clears throat> use the, the new branding and the design system that would uh, kind of make the whole effort of content creation much more smooth and I guess easier, more pleasurable, focusing more on content rather than you know building content right now on in the internet. So I'm in this final stage. Hopefully in March we'll start posting something. I I do have a lot of excitement. I can't wait to start sharing things that we were working on. But um, yeah. That is it on my side. How about you? How was your week or two since we didn't talk last week, actually? <laughs> uh, thanks for sharing your week with us, Anfisa. It's, it, it's a way better week that I had because <laughs> I had the most horrible week in a while now. I uh, Just like you said, I also had some really strange health symptoms. They debuted uh, very suddenly on Saturday evening. I had this beautiful walk. Everything was going great. I was dancing around the house and then boom high fever, horrible headache. Um, and since it didn't subside for 24 hours after on Sunday evening, I was at in the emergency room at a hospital trying to figure out what's happening. And I couldn't figure out what was happening. That's the strangest part. Um, but yeah, so I've started to feel better yesterday. And uh, since uh, we're two episodes late, I, I said, okay, we need to do this. I'm going to jump in the podcast effort and uh, pull it through. And in terms of my uh, professional uh, activities, um, yeah, I think that uh, for in the past few weeks, a lot of uh, companies have reached out to me with uh, recruiting questions. So I think that this is a very healthy sign for the design industry in general and for the market around me in particular, uh, that uh, companies are starting to hire more and more designers and there are open positions all over the place. So I'm trying to recommend people, uh, but also the people are happy with their roles because I think it's a good 
sensitive moment in the design industry. I don't know what's yep. happening. Um, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of recruiting lately. Um, I'm working uh, intensively on launching the UX Academy with my awesome team. We're planning on uh, going live quite soon, and this is also taking a lot of my time. And the rest, uh, yeah, clubhouse, social media, stuff like that. So that's pretty much it. Let's not waste more time with the introduction and we can move uh, straight into the juicy topic of design systems. I say uh, that we could maybe talk a bit uh, in general high level about what design systems are, why they're good, when they fail, and then we can dive deeper into our own personal experiences of working with or building design systems. So the first question for today, what are design systems? <laughs> um not sure if you want to start i can go first whatever which way you prefer my dear co-host <laughs> i think we can identify it in different ways but long story short and for me personal design system is a single source of truth for um for your for your team and for your stakeholders or whoever is involved in the project or the design um that you are working on i think it's more of a system not necessarily a deliverable um it it basically needs to be built in the collaboration with developers with managers uh with your design team and i think the design system is really best used when you have a pretty sort of a big bigger team involved um when you're trying to build a project or build a product for example if you are working in a startup you don't necessarily need to have a build to have a build and establish a design system because you might actually figure out things together if you're sitting in the same room if a, if a, a team is like five people and you can talk to them you know without uh, standing up from the chair you can literally just say hey how about that and you can kind of figure out things together on the go but you do need a design system as soon as your team starts growing and you maybe see in different uh, rooms and different chairs and different uh, you have different teams involved <clears throat> and there it's it's actually when the more people involved in your project the more chances for things to be messed up so if you don't have any design system established no rules no sort of um uh, style guides or pattern libraries how we build things together you can quickly uh build a frankenstein design where different People interpret things in different ways and uh, uh, build up things that don't work together very well. And it's just becoming a very big mess really quickly. So I think like design system is a very great, um, again, again, it's a system, not a deliverable, just to make it super clear. So design system is something very useful as soon as you, you, your team starts growing and it's this common source of truth that everybody knows where to find, refer to and um, use in order to build products consistently. Um, that's my intake on this. What about you? I love your intake on this. I actually love the point about the Frankenstein product, which we all see so often, or, or we've been in companies where uh, even with the best intentions, things start um, uh, tend to end up like that. So getting back to my definition, it's quite similar uh, to yours. It's universal. So basically a design system is just a collection of components that you reuse based on some uh, guidelines or standards and uh, yeah you create them in order to assemble them easily uh, quickly and uh, safely without errors so um, you've touched a little on uh, when uh, it's a good idea to consider having a design system and I agree that uh, it's also uh, quite related to um, the the size of the team the size of the company the size of the product and I would also link it in uh, to complexity to the product complexity or the uh, portfolio of product um, range so you probably don't need a design system to build a landing page or a portfolio website but you will definitely need one if you're a big company that has several products or even just one product that's uh, complex enough. Quick point, when you just said like about landing pages, I thought about that maybe for freelancers, it's important to still have a design system, even if you're a team of one, but if you're constantly building landing pages and you know you constantly build them from scratch, what stops you from building the design system that you can reuse for different clients and that would save you a bunch of time. So I think it still could be useful if you're a team of one, but you're kind of working um, kind of operating with the same um with the same components over and over again that could be really useful for you anyway yeah let's move on <laughs> yeah it's a good point and i think that another point that uh, i wanted to make in terms of when it's useful i think it can also serve as a very good 
solution or aid in, uh, in solving organizational troubles. So design organizational troubles in the sense that maybe things uh, are always uh, end up inconsistent or uh, there are some communication problems. Design system also can aid with com uh, creating a better collaboration and communication and culture in general. So uh, I think there are a lot of use cases for design systems just to make sure that you need a design system before creating it and don't create it for the sake of creating it. So uh, another question that I would like to ask you, uh, Anfisa, still on the practical definition side, if you want, uh, what are the usual elements that uh, make a design system? Yeah, that's a great question. I do think it's uh, it could be also a little bit confusing. Um, design system, just as I said, it's not necessarily a deliverable. I think in general, main components are, well, you probably need to start from a style guide. I call them uh, tokens, where you would define basic things from which you'll start building up on top of that, of those tokens. So let's say those could be typography styles, um, different applications with each other on, on typography level, maybe colors, um, maybe even icons, some paddings, uh, maybe, I don't know, grid system and stuff like this. So things that you kind of, it's like a fundamental thing based on which you start building up um, more usable components. And again, as you have established colors, typography, grid systems, maybe layouts, basic things, you can then start building up the components library. So like uh, component number one is file guides, the tokens. Based on this, you build the company components library. And these are uh, more of a reusable components, symbols or components in Figma, if, if we call, if we really make it super tactical. So those could be, again, um, different components that you keep reusing over and over again in different contexts. There could be images, galleries, articles, navigations, buttons, um, all those things that you would use in, I don't know, web design or your product design. Um, and then after components uh, library, then it comes to a sort of hat or umbrella under the, all of them that I usually would call something like, like rules and connections um, or the principles. How do we use things together? Uh, when do we use, I don't know, this component? What are the rules? Maybe what are the states? Um, things like uh, taxonomies, foundations, content principles, maybe even UX writing, like maybe some tone of the voice uh, principles, but it's, it's really like all possible combinations of things and how they are moderated um, with each other. So that if let's say you have a component, you know that for example, it works in this context, but it doesn't work in this context for this or another reason. So it's more of this umbrella that rules um, your application on on your styles and components, I guess. The basic thing is you always need to start from styles, then you move on to components. And then as you grow and as the product becomes much more complex, you need to start thinking about the guidelines and, uh, and application rules, I guess. I loved your answer and I don't have much to add on that. So uh, perhaps before we move on into discussing a bit uh, the the pitfalls or what can go bad for design systems, perhaps before that, I could add my points on uh, um, the benefits of having a design system. And then uh, we, we, we look into what can go wrong because many things can go wrong as with everything in design. So why, uh, what are some benefits of having a design system? These are of course general, it's very much dependent on uh, your context and your, on your particular problem on why you decide to build a design system. So uh, there's a lot of variety to this answer as well, but as a general rule, uh, design systems are great for ensuring consistency across uh, your uh, products or solutions or whatever it is you're building. Um, they're also um, uh, increasing the speed at which you can build and iterate on solutions, which is another good thing. And uh, especially if you're a big company, it's going to be a massive uh, improvement in terms of speed once you have a design system. Uh, of course, there's also a higher quality to the outputs because you, um, you make sure that there are less errors, less inconsistencies. Uh, less anomalies, Frankenstein is <laughs> uh, solutions and so on. So a higher quality. And also an important point, which I, from my experience, noticed is probably the most powerful one, is that you build a shared vocabulary for the teams. 
And so this also creates a common language, a common ground in which everybody kind of starts talking about the same things. And this word means the same for everybody on the team. Uh, but also it forces, if you want, it, it pushes people into collaborating more, collaborating better, because you cannot build a design system without having, just like you said, having everybody involved and um, uh, everybody needs to contribute. Everybody needs to use the design system and then inform the design system with whatever change or other element uh, he had, he she has implemented. And so, yeah, it's it's a great tool for uh, encouraging collaboration in teams and companies. And lastly, I would say that um, it it also makes everything easier to test because you can rapidly prototype and then you can uh, validate or invalidate uh, solutions really quickly. So these are some of the elements that um, are uh, the main benefits or general benefits of a design system. I guess what you just said is perfectly also aligned with me, but I also say maybe it's having this predictability, having this library established makes it so much easier for you to focus on problem solving rather than, you know, building visuals over and over again. So it's again, it's the problem that I had with my social media uh, design system. There was no design system, basically. <laughs> so like if you have this sort of things figured out, how things work together and all those templates and components established, you really don't focus anymore on visuals and constantly making another layout project, right? You're focusing on what matters most for design, problem solving, or I guess the, 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 the point that you're trying to make or visuals that like the message you're trying, you're trying to communicate. So it really depends on what you're trying to do, but you don't need to focus on the visuals, right? You focus on what matters for you as a designer. But that would be just my sort of, that's my feeling when I think about design system. That's my main reason why I would build design system to make it so predictable that you don't have to worry about things and how they work together. That's really powerful and a great point. Uh, yeah, thanks for making it. And indeed, I, I uh, really love it. And I'm probably going to share it in the end of the episode when we share our top yeah. three insights. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, now let's explore a little this uh, what can go bad space. Mm-hmm. Um, I would uh, love to hear your thoughts on uh, why design systems can fail or what can go wrong when you mm-hmm. build on or the process of approaching. Mm. Interesting, because I don't think like I have ever been involved in the projects where design system failed. Um, there were definitely sort of issues on on the tools we were using. Um, so this one source of truth was not always the best one. For example, in one project we were using Zeppelin and it's not the, like, it's great tool for maybe establishing tokens and some libraries, uh, some components libraries, but it's not the most optimal way. It's very hard to regulate. It would quickly build up the mess and different projects and where things you can find things and stuff like this. And then, um, I would say that it all comes back to how do you communicate your system and how can how easily can people reach out to reach to it and find things in place. So it's not necessarily the design system fails. It's more of a how do we communicate the design system personal for me. But I would rather more focus on the, on the part of what is, I guess, wrong with design systems and what could be the limitations or constraints of design system, because I think for me, it's what was the sort of a pain point in some cases. So for me, personal design systems could be sometimes limiting. For example, if you want to build something that you, let's say you don't have a component, but you have this unique case and you're in this strange position where you you have an idea how to communicate um, the flow or, or a point in a very interesting way and not, let's say, trivial, an orthodox way, but it's not a part of your design system and you don't, you're like in the position where, okay, we prioritize consistency, but uh, it's not working. Right now, if we pick any element from our design library, uh, it's not gonna work. So what do we do? Do we create another exception or do we go for consistency? So this is like a priority that mm, you need to really understand what do you prioritize? And it's, it's not like one size fits all. Sometimes you need to prioritize consistency. Sometimes you need to go for this unorthodox uh, solution. And this is like this pain point I used to have in some, in some places. But also what is 
what's limiting about design systems it's not just exceptions and communication of this new exception that you keep building up and there is less constant conversation you need to have are we allowing this exception are we not and you know how do we regulate those new components but another point or a pain point i guess um is all about like again regulation so um What's the way of us moderating the system? Who updates the system? Who has the right uh, to update the system? Uh, what are the guess, steps to do this? How we are approving it? How people know about you know, system being updated, the new rules and applications? So the whole updating process and regulation process is another sort of pain that I didn't personally figure out how to do it best. I, I think I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to hear some experiences from other designers who went through the process and figured it out. So this is for me still like a big question on how to make it more effective for the whole team. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think design system worked pretty well and definitely it's better to have them than not having them. <laughs> um, what about your opinion? Thank you for sharing your thoughts on this very valuable points indeed. Um, I, um, I'm going to share my two cents on why design systems might fail. Um, you mentioned one of the heaviest points, if you want, or the most important ones, not being socialized enough, if you want, not being communicated uh, and um, yeah, evangelized enough. Uh, in order to increase the adoption. So um, I think that another um, pattern that I've noticed in companies is that there is this uh, initial effort and push to create a design system and then the design system is finally there and then that's it. Everybody kind of forgets about a design system. I mean, they may start using it, they're using it, but still it's kind of get messy real soon again because i think one of the main challenges around design systems is to understand that it also needs to be maintained it's not enough that you create it and you do this one-off effort and then you, all your problems will magically disappear forever it actually needs continuous work continuous updates just like you said maybe there are some instances which weren't covered or maybe there are some exceptions that need to be made and uh, that should inform uh, the design system back. And so I think that it's a continuous effort. It should be viewed as a uh, living organism that's uh, ever evolving. And uh, yeah, people tend to look at it as a, a one-time project for building the design systems and that from that point on, we use it and that's that. When in fact, it's totally not. Uh, another problem would be that many times people don't know why they're creating a design system and this affects the buy-in, the excitement, the uh, adoption uh, of the people on the team. So I think that I've seen uh, teams or companies or people that are just discussing design systems because everybody is discussing them and because, okay, maybe they will solve some problems, but we're not quite sure which. I think that you need to be clear, uh, just like you shared in your story with the social media, you need to be clear in articulating why you choose a design system as a solution to your problems and which are the problems that you're trying to solve by building a design system. Um, yeah, so two uh, quick points uh, that I'm going to make on this question and then we'll share some personal stories. Um, yeah, I think that another thing that can go wrong is that companies tend to uh, underestimate the amount of effort it takes to build a design system. It kind of feels like, okay, it's a style guide, it's a library, this guy can do it in two weeks, please go ahead and do it. And in fact, it's really a tremendous amount of work because you have to look at all the products, all the discrepancies, all the Frankenstein. <laughs> now I have a new obsession with that. <laughs> uh, you have to look at everything across the company, see uh, and then understand why it's not working, what we should do for it to work, what are the best solutions or possible solutions that we could choose for each and every component. So it, it's, it's massive work. It's massive work and companies underestimate that many times. So I think that uh, not mobilizing enough resources could definitely hurt uh, the success of a design uh, system. And I think that I read somewhere once and it's, uh, it, uh, it had an impact on me that a design system is in a way a product in itself and it needs its own roadmap and its own uh, people in charge. And another, and the last point, uh, and this really is a quick 
big point is that, um, yeah, you also need engineering buy-in. So I think that people look at design systems like it's a design deliverable or it's a design effort, but it's actually more of an engineering effort because the, uh, the engineering team needs to build these components <laughs> in order for them to be reusable and uh, to quickly uh, build solutions with them. So sure. I think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done in advocating and convincing and getting buy-in and making the engineers see the benefits of, um, of building this design system. Cause it's, it's just, like I said, it's, it's a big effort. It's yep. not, it's not trivial. I want to add five cents here. Um, when you said we need to buy in, I feel like, well, I had a little bit of experience with there. And like in my previous company, uh, we were building a design system and it was exactly like you described. We built it and it was like pushed down to developers later on. And there were people who were very easy on this point and very kind of open to build what we have suggested. But there were people who were resistant to the design system and uh, had a lot of questions, I guess, and negativity move into it. Um, so I think what I've learned from that experience was that maybe, and I have not experienced it just yet, so I'll probably report on my experience later on, but maybe one way to go about it was to, would be to not just, you know, build a design system in your silo, sitting in, with your team and kind of collaborating on how do you want to build things, but actually involve them early on, like we said, like in any design project, and uh, maybe even do some collaboration or workshop where everybody has a voice and can sort of contribute and explain how they think things could be built more effectively and uh, could work together better and for what reasons they think they could be work together better in this way. So I think maybe it could be a workshop where everybody have their voice and it could be heard and it could be voted up on if it makes sense for everybody. Uh, this way you don't exclude anybody from the process and this way maybe you can um, ensure that the engineering decision makers um, are interested in communicating it to their teams, but also explaining the value of it in the more um, influential way, I guess, if we can call it so. But for sure, the point is that we need to have all the people being involved in this process. Otherwise, it's going to be very hard to push it down and, and see the, the, this system being used and blossom and being super helpful and effective for everybody. Especially if you have a big team, it's going to be very hard for you to do. Um, but yeah, uh, we are only about to do that in our in my company right now. So I will see how it goes and if this workshop could even make sense in general. <laughs> we'll see. Super valuable points, Anfisa. Um, you already shared some bits of experience. For example, the social media struggle that you had and uh, discovering that you need a design system and working with that team where you built a, a design system and then just uh, hand it over, over to developers. And some of them were okay with it, but some of them were kind of like, what is this? Why were we not involved? And maybe they, maybe they didn't even know that they wanted to be involved from the very beginning. So uh, yeah, extremely important points. Um, I'm curious to hear if you want to share anything else uh, in terms of what your past experiences or current, uh, currently happening experiences with design systems are. So some personal stories or takeaways or anything along these lines. Yeah, sure. I would say that I was involved in my past in three design systems. Um, and they were very different. One system was when I was a designer freelancer and building my own design system so I can, as I said, like make it super easy for myself to reuse them in different contexts for different clients. So I built a personal design system, <laughs> not for collaboration, but again, for more effective uh, work uh, with the clients and kind of saving time for future projects. Um, that was the first system I've built. The second system I've built was for a bigger company. Um, it was my, it was the company where we had around 100 people. Um, and I was working there for one year as a contractor. And we basically were like having an interesting situation because we had three designers and we had 100 developers. So the ratio developers to designers was crazy not equal <laughs> at all so um we were preceding like in every normal project we were preceding the development effort so we had i think two months in advance to build the sort of just establish foundations for the design system uh, before developers would pick it up and 
that's exactly the project when I said like not every developer was happy at the end. And you can imagine when you have 100 developers and most of them are newcomers, it was a contracting project. So most of the people were coming uh, in a matter of like three months, every single day, there will be new developers. You don't even know their name. You have never seen them, but it's, it's, it's a mess. It was a pure mess. And we still didn't even have like a design tool for that. And at some point we finally got our Zeppelin, but we almost didn't have time to, um, let's say, find the best practices to how to use it. So we were throwing that this, and we, I think we did our best at what we could do, three people for hundred developers and a uh, tool was kind of thrown at us later on. But um, as I said, it was, I definitely learned my mistakes, uh, learned from my mistakes of not having effective system and an effective tool to communicate it. But then also if you have new people every day joining, you really need to find some sort of, to find a way to communicate your system in an effective way. I think what I've learned from this experience is that you need to have a really important place. It's not just a Zeppelin that some developers has access to, some not. And just because you don't know that people are joining, they don't have account, now they cannot access your design system. That was a mess. But also you might want to shoot maybe some videos, um, some library where you can say, here is an onboarding process for any developer. If you want to find this, 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 this is where you go. Here's how it works. Uh, here's how you can uh, get your specs and stuff like this. So it needs to be a very effective communication process, especially if you have newcomers every day for your project, maybe build some videos, whatever else that could help you uh, to streamline the communication process because making presentations every day for new developers is not effective at all. And of course, um, the design system is not necessarily needs to be pushed down to the team of developers. You need to have stakeholders, uh, representatives from every team, from any silo that you will work with together. And uh, per, in the perfect case, I would recommend to have those people um, collaborating with you on building this design system early on. But um, to quickly share my story on the design, the third design system, which I just mentioned, um, and that is the system for my social media. And um, well, it's a long story. <laughs> I think the social media presence in general could be another topic again, which we can cover somewhere in the future, but I'll try to be super brief here. So as I said, my main problem, my basic problem for um, you know, continuing my journey in social media and content creation was that, okay, so I've been doing it for a very long time and every year I felt the same struggle. I felt like I'm constantly spending two, three hours, if not four, to build one post that would be seen for three seconds. Um, and uh, the impact of it was just, I guess, in decreasing every single time. And I felt like it's just uh, me spending more and more and more time, but not having any impact because I am not consistent. I'm building, I, I'm basically finding scraping time um, in any possible moment to I don't know, find three, four hours sometimes is a luxury. So you, you you spend a lot of time, you kind of put all your free time into building this post, but it's not, and it's not consistent. So it's not like people know that you will post tomorrow. It's not predictable um, when you post, when you have this free moment. And all in all, like social media uh, platforms will punish you for not being consistent and not creating posts more frequently. If you're, if you're not consistent in your social media, your uh, reach is dropping, uh, people, there are more content creators that are more consistent, your visibility drops, and the impact that you are bringing is just decreasing with the time. So overall, I realized that simply because I always have to scrub this four, three, three hours to build one post that would not have enough impact, and with every next post, it would be more, less and less and less impactful or, or reached. Um, it just became much more frustrating to me to invest my time into it. So with the time, I realized that I tend to not find this free time, to that to not invest my time in this at all. And it's it's it was a sad story because again, and it's like I have like ups and downs. There are times when I would build a pipeline of posts and push it, but then there would be two months when I have zero time and I would not push anything. And, and it's just like up and down. You're visible, you're not visible, you're visible, not visible. So social media is. is it's, it's a little bit of a frustrating game if you don't have free time 
And before that, I was a freelancer, so I had more free time. But right now, as a as the full time person, I have very little free time. So I need to. I realized very strongly that I need to build a system that is reusable, that could be picked up by anyone. Let's say if I want to delegate. Um, some posts to be built by by the person I'm working with, that person can do this, but it still will be me. It's going to be my style. It's going to be my principle, visual communication principles. And it's going to be almost like my voice, but the time that will be spent on putting together um, some bits will be spent by somebody else because I don't have this time, but it's still going to be consistent. So just because all of those frustrating uh, experiences, I strongly realized that A, I need a better communication visual principle. So I hired a branded designer who helped me a lot to understand who I am. And that was a long process because I did some strategizing. I did the research uh, on who is my audience? Uh, what are my um, communication style principles? How people interpret me? How they see myself? What are my, I guess, attributes of the personality that I want to communicate? And also what types of content or posts I want to uh, communicate, what I need to be kind of known for. And after that, the social media designer helped me to build the tokens, let's say so, uh, the colors, the typography, the uh, icons, let's say, strokes and different elements that will be reused in posts. And after that, I picked it up and built this design system, just like I said, with using those principles. So we have proc tokens. Now I started building the components, um, different reusable elements, and then I built a templates for that. And I already knew what kind of posts I will be posting. So uh, I don't know, carousel principles, quotes principles, gamification posts, storytelling type of posts. So I tried to build them um, all and kind of patternize them so that it could be like a template that my um, that the person I'm working with will pick it up and just put their content. And this way, again, right now it's still in the process because I think design system, it's very hard to build it in a predictable way that fits all types of content, but I'm trying to make it almost plug and play type of system but we will see with the process because I think like once we start posting this it will be clear if it's effective or not but so far I kind of have like this figma file as a deliverable myself uh, so I have this kind of figma file with with tokens with principles with um, templates and the last point I still need to do right now is to communicate this design system and how do we use this to my um, to the to the girl I'm working with that will help me with posting. So that's currently where I am right now with my last design system, the social media design system. And uh, I'll probably keep you updated on how it works later on. <laughs> how about your experience? What were your projects in the past and maybe what lessons you've learned from working on them? I've worked on two big design systems in big companies. So companies with um, over 1,500 employees. I don't know, maybe 10,000 in the bank I worked in and uh, uh, 3,000 my, with my current employer. So huge companies, not so big design teams. So in the bank, um, local, the local team in Romania, we were building a design system for ourselves because uh, the app was also a local product. So it wasn't a global solution. We built it custom uh, locally with our engineering teams and team of designers. So we were not that uh, big of a design team. It was the first time we were exploring building a design system. Design systems uh, just started to emerge as uh, the new popular trend and uh, you need to have a design system. So everybody was kind of doing all this uh, experimentation, trial and error approach. And so well, we weren't very clear about what we're doing and if we're doing it right. But what we set out to do was to create is um, confluence pages where we documented every component and all the decisions, uh, the design decisions that we've made. And so everybody on the team kind of got to pick their favorite components to work on. Some people wanted to work on buttons, others wanted to work on controls and so on. So everybody kind of uh, chose uh, their favorite, uh, chose their favorite elements to work on. But um, the takeaway and uh, what we saw happen was that we were moving quite slowly. And I think it was because nobody was the clear owner, just like you 
mentioned earlier, there was no clear official owner that was driving, pushing the design system. So it was just us trying to encourage each other. Hey, can you do the calendar component this week? Because we kind of need it for whatever other project. So it was this uh, conversation between us. There was no uh, buy-in from stakeholders or managers or anybody, anybody above us. So we were organizing ourselves. And at the same time, we also needed to deliver on the day-to-day um projects we were working on so this was another challenge prioritizing working for a design system so if i were to do it again i would say this is the person in charge of the design system and you're responsible for driving the creation of the design system and monitoring the confluence pages what's missing what needs to be updated so and so on and um yeah, the Confluence pages pages were uh, complemented with a sketch library that we started using. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily a success story. It was more an experimentation story. Uh, when I left that company, uh, we were still working on the design system, so I didn't see it uh, finalized. Uh, with my current employer, uh, also, there were a lot of uh, mis uh, misalignments. Um, uh, yeah, inconsistencies across products that needed to be addressed. And uh, this was just one of the problems that uh, called for a design system. Another one was the fact that the design team was very globalized. Uh, we had designers in India, designers in New York, designers in Seattle, designers in Europe. So there were we were on all the time zones possible. So uh, making sure that we're building aligned uh, solutions became quite a challenge. So we decided that we need a design system and we started working in Figma, which is a, a great tool to build design system because it's super collaborative and you can, everybody can uh, work at the same time on their own um, box of responsibilities uh, in their Figma corner. So I think that it was a great choice for building a design system. Um, in the beginning, we were moving quite slowly for a very long time. And it was for the same reason that I mentioned there were no clear responsible uh, designers for the design system. Everybody was expected to work on it as a side project, but everybody was also swamped and worked. So when um, our head of design kind of named uh, the people who will be in charge or who need to drive this uh, project, uh, things started to move faster and they felt empowered and they, they felt responsible for the success of this uh, effort and so uh, things started to move really quickly all of a sudden and then bam we kind of had a design system which I want to say that is never over as a project so it's not that uh, one day you say okay done this is done I'm done with it not only that you need to maintain it but there will always be some open questions around it so there will always be some things that were not clarified that need to be uh, revisited or uh, solved and so on so these were my two experiences with design systems and before we move into our final points sharing our favorite uh, takeaways from this conversation I would like to ask you a more playful quick question uh, what are your favorite design systems if you have any <laughs> Yes, for sure. Um, love this question. In my practice, took a lot of inspiration from atomic design system approach from Brad Frost. I really love this approach because he kind of took a very um, tangible example and uh, sort of association uh, to help you understand the design system. He, he called it atomic uh, design system because he kind of took inspiration from a periodic table where you would have different, different elements and... Um, Basically, what he suggested to use in the system was using atoms, then molecules and organisms and templates and pages. And I kind of tried to use it in, in my systems I was working on because it's very easy. The atoms are buttons, for example, molecules are buttons and forms, for example, organisms is bigger, uh, bigger amount of combinations of elements. And then you have templates, for example, right now for social media, I will be using templates or pages, uh, for example, one source of truth, how, how our homepage looks currently, for example. So it's a very easy approach and sort of um, 
thinking to pick up and when you work in this however i added there like this token element such as style guides because i don't think the atomic design system is kind of thinking about uh, tokens and what goes before we use atoms another system i really took inspiration from was the google material system it's a shared labor library it's very easy to pick up it's a very common library so if you for example don't even have design team you can go to google material um, resource and find everything you just need in order to build a consistent and predictable uh, user interface that any user will know how to use um, and they have such a great examples and principles how to use how to not use things together so i think it's it's definitely a great inspiration for how do you want to document your system it's very advanced so not every company needs to build such an advanced documentation but it's a great sort of uh, inspiration to look for and two more systems that i kind of liked when i worked on um when i kind of needed inspiration for my design systems was atlassian design system and the shopify uh, system i think they called it polaris it's it's definitely interesting to keep looking for them and kind of find inspiration in those and another um, book that i would like to plug here was called design system handbook and i think it was published uh, by Envision. It's like an ebook that you can download for free online. So yeah, it's another great source to maybe look for if you are about to build your design system. What would be your suggestions? I'm gonna piggyback on uh, <laughs> the resource thread and uh, share another resource for everybody who wants to explore different design systems. Uh, it's a design system repository that has helped me a lot in discovering uh, new design systems to look at. And before I name it, I just want to say that this is a very valuable exercise that everybody needs to be doing. So I don't think there's this ultimate design system that has all the answers and uh, you look at it and it's complete and that's it. You don't need to check other design systems. Maybe if, if I were to choose one, that would be material design indeed. But uh, I would encourage everyone to uh, go out and explore as many design systems as possible because each and every design system has a different perspective, solves a different need for a different industry with a different flavor. So you will always find something valuable to learn by looking at the public design systems of companies. And for that, uh, I would like to recommend a repository called Adele, like the singer, but it's not named after the singer. So adele.uxpin.com. And it's, yeah, just like I said, a repository of design systems linking to their uh, pages. And there you can start your exploration of uh, design systems and choose your favorite for your own. Um, I don't have a, an absolute favorite. I'd say material design is the yeah Bible of design systems, if you want. Um, I also like Adobe Spectrum that was launched, if not last year, I think the year before. IBM's Carbon uh, design system was the first one I discovered and I was in awe, like, oh my God, these people are so organized. Uh, but everybody should uh, go out and explore as many as possible and uh, choose informed. Okay, so we're at the end of another awesome episode. This was a conversation, I think, one uh, of my favorites. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to hear your top three insights uh, from this conversation. Yay, I'm going to go first today. <laughs> okay, so my top three points, I actually did the sticky notes. I'm going to just read from it. Point number one, um, I think that it's very important that design system is a living document and is updated. So it needs to be a living document that is updated, that it's not once and done, because otherwise it's going to be very hard to build one system that, you know, fits all purposes. Um, you do need to think not just about the foundations, but how do you want to update this and how do you want to moderate it? Second point was uh, that system, maybe systems needs to be built in conjunction with different teams, different uh, stakeholders um, or decision makers, if you will. Um, and it's not... I think, at least in my experience, it's better if it's not pushed down from top to bottom uh, to other people who need to adopt it because people work in different ways and it's totally normal. We are personalities, we have different thinking processes and we might prefer different uh, ways to work. So we cannot expect if you push something down, people will instantly jump on it and adopt it like that. So I do think um, conjunction 
is important when you try to build such a big and uh, sort of uh, massive thing for your company. And another one point that I really like uh, that was made by you was that you might want to have uh, owner, like a home owner uh, for the design system, project owner uh, for design system who maintains the the progress, the updates, the how how living is this document maybe defines the process of updating it, who, the roles who have um, a voice and rights to update it, so things will not get messed up. Because if you allow, you know, open the doors uh, for anybody to bring something in, and uh, if somebody just goes inside and changes something, but other people don't know about it, there is a huge chance that you will mess up things and people start building up not a very well communicated system. So I think that moderation is very important. Um, and it's a part of this maintenance process that needs to be established as early as possible. And small other point that I just liked that you literally just did uh, was that every design system that you find online right now has its own flavor. And I think it's very interesting that you can look for how this particular industry adopted the design system for this industry, like, like Shopify, right, for e-commerce. It's a great example and um, it's specific industry, specific niche, and I'm sure you can find an interesting elements there that you don't find in other um, industries systems. So it's definitely a great exercise to look for those nuances and how can those nuances be really different in different contexts. Um, okay, that's it from my side. What about you? My first one would be that uh, one that you mentioned and that uh, of the fact that the design system will enable you to focus on problem solving instead of building visuals or solutions or so building, yeah, um, actual UI uh, decisions. So it's a great way to make sure that you're looking at the important uh, part of the design process um, and not at the also important, but not so important parts. Okay, another one uh, is that, um, design systems uh, will be successful only if you communicate them, socialize them, get everybody on board with them, make sure they're uh, easy to access, they're public, they, the, everybody can use them and so on. So socializing the design system continuously is a is an key point uh, in its success. And the last point is that I would say uh, to anyone looking to build a design system, don't underestimate the amount of effort it takes it can be tremendous work uh, depending on the complexity of your products and uh, the size of your company. So make sure you set aside enough time, uh, you mobilize enough resources and treat it as a very uh, serious project in itself. And on that note, uh, I would like to thank everybody who listened to this episode. Thank you, Anfisa, for another awesome conversation uh, on our Honest UX Talks uh, uh, thread. And uh, yeah, if you have some final closing remarks before we say goodbye. <laughs> No, I just wanted to say again, also, thank you so much for all your great points. I really love your experience and your points. Um, I do hope it's going to be helpful or useful for our listeners. Um, if you want us to talk about more specific topics, maybe niche topics, just go ahead and find us online in, um, in our social media. We use Instagram and you can find us as uh, honest UX talks and just DM us. We will try to cover your topic or your specific question request as soon as possible. And uh, that's it from my side. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope to see you. We hope to see you in the next episode. Yay. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>